Hi, my name is Charlie, and I still play with cars. In this episode, Jaguar. Started as a motorcycle sidecar company and built into one of the most well-known luxury car brands ever. Uh, we're going to get into a bit of the history of which there is a lot, uh, but we're just going to scrape the surface in this episode. And then we'll get into my personal experience with the Jaguar, which has been great. So uh, let's get into it. Started as a Swallow Sidecar Company in 1922. The beginnings are a bit convoluted with a few name changes between 1922 and 1945 when the name Jaguar Cars Limited came to be. Started by William Lyons in Blackpool, they made bespoke sidecars for motorcycles and later transitioned to coach building, most notably on the Austin 7 chassis. They moved to Coventry in 1928 to take advantage of a more skilled workforce and better manufacturing supply chain. In 1931, the SS Cars Limited name was first used, and in September of 1935, they debuted a luxury car with the name of Jaguar. The SS Jaguar was the first time we saw the Jaguar name being used. Like many marks, SS Cars Limited had to sell the same vehicles post-World War II they did pre-war. But by that time, the SS title had taken on a more sinister connotations. So the company needed a new name, and that name would be Jaguar Cars Limited. In 1948, Jaguar introduced the XK120 sports car. It was originally intended as a limited production run. They were going to make like 200 of them um, to show off their new 3.4 liter XK in line six. It was called the 120 because of that's how fast Jaguar said it would go. A claim no one believed at the time, uh, but it proved them wrong uh, in later testing by achieving a top speed of over 130 miles per hour. This is 1948. The XK120 was uh, very successful in racing and solidified Jaguar as a sporting brand in the eyes of the public. And with its top speed, there wasn't a car on the road that could touch it. Jaguar continued their racing success throughout the 50s with the C-Type and D-Type race cars. The C-Type won Le Mans in 1951 and again in 1953 and the d-type was a bit more successful uh won three years in a row uh which was 55 56 and 1957 and they left le mans in the uh mid 60s by this time jaguar was known for having fast comfortable and reliable cars uh, they weren't just sports cars though uh, the Mark I and Mark II sedans were famous or infamous, depending on which side of the law you were on, for being fast and agile while having the space to carry your crew and whatever loot you may have gotten away with. The Mark II option with the 3.8 liter XK engine was capable of a top speed of 125 miles per hour, and uh, because of that was a favorite with law enforcement. 
they could actually ke- keep up with the other uh, Mark IIs. <laughs> From its beginning until 1966 was kind of uh, Jaguar's golden era. These were the times that the mantra Grace, Pace, and Space grew from. Jaguar was able to provide a high level of build quality, reliability, speed, and luxury for a price far less than its competition. Uh, But these good times were coming to an end. In 1966, Jaguar merged with the British Motor Corporation, and the new larger company was renamed British Motor Holdings which lasted two years until they merged with Leyland Motor Corporation, becoming British Leyland in 1968. The XJ Sedan debuted in 1968 with a 2.8 liter and an operated 4.2 liter version of the XK inline six. It was described as Jaguar's greatest sedan yet, and it well could have been with good power and its beautiful sleek design, but mismanagement, skilled labor shortages, and strikes plagued the company throughout the 70s and early 80s. And uh, unfortunately, Jaguar quickly gained a reputation for shoddy craftsmanship and poor build quality. And uh, really bad reliability. It was it was pretty dark. Like uh, There were cars that were delivered with uneven panel gaps and pieces of trim falling off the car or missing entirely. Uh, That's not to mention uh, the electrical issues and cooling problems with some of the V12 models. The Series 3 XJ carried the original XJ platform from 79 up until 1992 in V12 form. In 1984, Jaguar was spun off from British Leyland and was on its own again, giving them the latitude to make their own decisions and start to improve the build quality and reliability of the vehicles. And we're to be, and they were able to put it into full effect with the introduction of the new XJ40 in 1987. So they were building the XJ40 and the Series 3 XJ at the same time. The XJ40 was powered by a new 4-liter AJ inline 6 that replaced the old XK platform. Uh, you could also get the XJ40 in V12 flavor uh, with the 5.3-liter uh, Jaguar V12. In 1990, uh, Ford acquired Jaguar and uh, helped them to continue improving their image, uh, basically by giving them buckets of money and more or less leaving them to their own devices, at least until it was uh, time for a redesign of the XJ40 in in 1994. In 1994, the XJ sedan got a makeover and the XJ40 became the X300. The X300 kept a significant portion of of the 40s underpinnings but gained a new curvier body resembling that of the earlier XJ uh, series cars. And with Ford's assistance, the new XJ gained um, better electronics in the AJ6, now called the XJ... AJ, sorry, 16, got coil-on plug ignition. The X300 was also the first supercharged inline-six XJRs, 
The X300 continued on until 1997 when it was replaced by the X308 XJ. Now that we're up to the X308 XJ, we're into my personal experience with Jaguar. Um, the X308 was released in 1997 and was very, very similar to the X300. Uh, the X308 had an updated interior um, and it was no longer using the AJ6 or AJ16. Um, it was instead using the AJ V8, which is a 4 liter quad cam uh, V8, either in naturally aspirated or in the XJR models uh, supercharged. The supercharged AJ V8 was good for 370 horsepower and somewhere around 400 foot pounds of torque and was able to propel the XJR uh, from 0 to 60 in roughly 5.3 seconds, which was fast. It was very fast. This is 1997, and at the time, even the BMW M5 uh, struggled to stay with an XJR in a straight line. Now, my personal experience with uh, with an XJR. Uh, so I guess about, um, geez, it must have been seven or eight years ago now, I was looking for a new car. And I was looking for something in like the... Uh, $15,000 to $20,000 range. So, and I was looking for new cars. I wanted a warranty and all that sort of stuff. So, I uh, was looking at Mazda 5s and Ford Focus and a few others when I thought maybe I could get something better. So I got on AutoTrader and Kijiji and all of them, basically. And uh, started looking for basically anything between that fifteen and uh, $20,000 area. And uh, I found some interesting stuff. I was looking at, uh, uh, I think it was a 98 or 99 BMW M5 with a v8 manual transmission you know uh all the m5 goodness and uh i was scrolling through uh it was auto trader i was scrolling through auto trader and uh it was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and then through the screen went this uh silver 2001 uh, XJR and something about that car just grabbed me I don't know what it was about the car it was maybe the shape or that silver paint the wheels maybe all of it together and I kind of had a passing knowledge of the XJR um, I knew that that model year was a V8 and um, I knew that it was supercharged, and beyond that, I really didn't know too much about the car. 
but it did grab me and um and i thought well you know this might be a thing but at that time and maybe still to this day jaguar's uh reputation for being unreliable and expensive to fix uh, was still present and uh I thought, well, maybe a Jaguar isn't such a great idea. But I couldn't get the car out of my head. So I started doing a bunch of research on it and uh, looking at consumer reviews and basically testimonials of uh, people that actually own the thing, own them. And from what I was reading, um, they were pretty reliable from what people were saying and i like i read a lot a lot a lot and i was still kind of on the fence about it and i thought well maybe i should get if i want a jaguar maybe i should just get a, a an, an xj8 as opposed to the xjr um being that the xjr was supercharged and i thought maybe i didn't really need all of that but uh, as I started digging further I found that the um, Jaguar transmission that was mated to the non-supercharged AJV8 uh, was made out of glass <laughs> um, if you find a cheap XJ8 there's a chance there's there's a pretty high probability that it needs a transmission it's a it's just one of those things and i think uh i think most manufacturers have one or two things in their portfolio that they'd rather not have anymore uh <laughs> something that just breaks it just it just happens uh the other thing that i found out was that uh in the early ajv8s they had a problem with the timing set they had uh plastic um, uh, chain tensioners and they would break and then the timing chain would lose tension and uh, and the engine would skip and uh, wreck itself I had to do more digging and uh, I at the, by this time I had kind of I had kept looking at the pictures of this XJR and uh, I'd kind of uh, fallen in love with it really i i kind of decided that i really wanted this car so i i needed to do more digging on the car itself so i looked at um, things that were specific to the xjr and one of those things is the transmission so instead of the jaguar transmission the J the five-speed auto uh, the XJR also had a five-speed auto, but it was a Mercedes-Benz box, uh, the same one that Mercedes was using on all the, the AMG cars at the time. So I knew it would put up with some abuse and uh, and was strong enough to to be reliable. So that was uh, pretty exciting for me because I was like, oh, well, I could actually you know, maybe if be able to afford and, and hold on to this car. So I, uh, 
I called the dealership that was selling it and uh, I had asked if they had a service history on the car. Um, they did not have a service history on the car, however, not one that they could share with me uh, due to privacy laws. But they were able to tell me that the timing set um, had been upgraded and so I didn't have to worry about the uh, chain tensioners. So that was another plus on this <laughs> for this car. So I went ahead and I bought it. And honestly, it's been one of the best things I've ever had. Ever. It's uh, it's very reliable. It's very, very fast. And I can tell you, nothing eats miles like an XJR. Um, within the first month I had it, I decided to go for a drive. And we put... 1100 kilometers on the car that day uh it was myself and two other people and we just drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and like i said we did 1100 kilometers that day and when we got home i got out of the car and said i could do that again like right now there's something about a jaguar that will pull you in and i mean it's not a perfect car by any means um like you'll get a little bit of um there's a coin pocket on the uh driver's side of the steering on the uh, under the dashboard uh, between the steering column and the door and sometimes the little trim piece that's around it will just fall off no reason whatsoever and you pick it up and you click it back into place and that's the way it is and the cup holders are absolute garbage i would not trust those cup holders for anything i made the mistake of doing that one day with an iced coffee and the whole iced coffee ended up in my lap while refreshing it wasn't quite the refreshment that i was looking for <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so the uh the cup holders will just dump whatever's in them out onto your lap uh during uh during a corner which is um interesting <laughs> at best uh at worst it's hot coffee and you crash your car so yeah don't trust the cup holders the uh, the other problem with the cup holders is sometimes they don't like to stay closed. So they kind of roll out of the center armrest, but there's like a little latch there. And I guess over time that latch kind of loosens up a little bit and they'll just randomly open. So, you know, it's got its little quirks, but, uh, but overall it's been super reliable. Um, I absolutely love the car. Um, Unfortunately, it's been sitting for a while now because uh, I started my own business. So it's been sitting in my driveway staring at me for pretty close to three years now. And I just haven't had the money to be able to insure it. I need to put tires on it. And um, to bring it back, I should uh, do all the all the fluid changes. And the headliner sagging a little bit 
but uh, because I've started my own business, I've not had the uh, time or money to be able to deal with it. Um, so it sat there, and it uh, it really breaks my heart to see it sitting there. Um, I have maybe an unhealthy uh, emotional attachment to a car, but uh, but I really do love that car. And uh, as I've said, it's been it's honestly one of the most reliable vehicles I've ever owned. And for those of you that uh, are thinking, well, maybe you just got lucky. And maybe there's a, a part of that. But uh, when you lift the hood on that car, there's Denso Electronics. I mean, that's the same stuff that's used in Toyotas and Fords and... It's not the old Lucas stuff. And I've never had an electrical issue with that car, ever. Um, it does like to eat batteries, but that's fairly uh, normal for a car of that era. The, uh, the early electronics, they didn't really shut off when you shut the car off. They had to keep the, keep the computer memory going. Uh, so yeah, if you leave it for a while, it, it does eat the battery, but, um, that's easily enough fixed. You just jumpstart the car or, you know, actually drive the thing. So yeah, that's my experience with the, with the XJR. And, uh, <laughs> the question was asked on the last episode, would you regret buying one? And, uh, honestly, my only regret in buying it an XJR is uh, just having it sit in my driveway and not being able to drive it. Uh, it's an absolutely fantastic car. And if you can find one, uh, definitely, definitely buy yourself an XJR or any, basically any Jaguar from that XJ40 up really. Um, and it's unfortunate that Jaguar's reputation is still holding them back. Uh, after the X308, there was the X350, which was Jaguar's first completely aluminum body structure. Uh, it was bonded aluminum. And they were good cars as well. Um, the transmission issues that were present on the X308, uh, just XJV8s, uh, was remedied, and uh, they gained the 4.2 liter uh, AJV8. Uh, you could also get those as a supercharged XJR. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, the X308 and the X300 were probably the best looking cars Jaguar has ever made um, as far as the XJ sedan goes. Uh, they're just really beautiful cars. Really beautiful cars. Um, as I said, unfortunately, it seems that uh, Jaguar's reputation for unreliability is still plaguing them. Um, and granted, there are a few vehicles that uh, have had their issues, uh, 
but I don't think it's any more than any other manufacturer, to be honest. And uh, I really hope to see uh, Jaguar make another comeback. Uh, currently, there are only four vehicles that are available from Jaguar at the moment. Um, three of them are crossover SUVs, and one of them is the Jaguar XF. The XE and the XJ have both been discontinued, and it seems like the uh, future of Jaguar is somewhat up in the air. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, they are a brand that uh, definitely deserves your consideration, and hopefully they make it onto your short list uh, if you're looking for a car. Anyways, that's been my take on Jaguar. Uh, as I said in the beginning, we kind of glossed over a bit of, uh, of history and, and other car models. Uh, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to get to those uh, in later episodes. In the next episode, uh, electric vehicles. Why I think they might be good for the automotive enthusiast. Warning, there may be opinions. As always, you can reach me at stillplayswithcarspodcast at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time.